Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we get together and we listen to great video game music without topic re- without with, with topics, without console restrictions and without uh, generation restrictions. If you guys probably it. couldn't <laughs> tell, it's been quite the week. Yeah. <laughs> both on both of our sides actually. And it still hasn't quite filtered out yet to the point where we're back to relaxation mode again but hopefully this record will take us back there a little faster than if it weren't there so uh i can't speak for rob but i know that you know work's been beating me down and i'm trying to do way too much crap without the time including such leisurely things as wrap up the entirety of twin peaks before sunday that's not gonna happen (laughs) and uh also just try to get some game time and i got like a good game review i gotta you know churn out for sunday and what have I told you about doing other podcasts, Pernell? You're not allowed to do. <laughs> hey, they give me games to play. I gotta, I gotta stretch my limits here for that. Well, let's let's get into uh, the episode. This is episode ten one. This is the uh, the road to one hundred episodes. Oh, you gave it a name and everything. I've, I've come, I'm gonna have a lot of names by the end of this. And uh, so this is the tenth season of Rhythm and Pixels. And to join us, we have Amanda from the band Descendants of Erdrich. Welcome. How are you doing? Hi. Uh, well, thank you for having me here. I am doing great. I can't wait to talk about some video game songs. That's awesome. Can you uh, maybe tell us a little bit uh, about the band and uh, what you play? Sure. Uh, well, we do we do video game songs, <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, we do uh, we do a lot of RPG adventure stuff. Uh, the the uh, the arrangements are there to sort of establish a mood so it kind of takes you on a journey i guess throughout the songs and they try to wrap up nicely uh we're from austin texas i play guitar and i also do some singing awesome yeah i, I watched your i had we were at too many games but i did see the um a youtube uh video yes. of you playing there and you were like we are progressive metal RPG yeah. band, and I love that you were the metal RPG band. I thought that was pretty. Yeah, great. well, I mean, there's a lot of metal bands out there. I think we try to do stuff in a very uh, sort of moody way. Like there has to be a mood, there has to be a feeling behind it, and uh, I don't know what that's called. So we call it progressive. <laughs> that's super super generic, but you know. You know what? It you're, works. You're artists, so you can. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Emo- emotional metal. <laughs> Yes, there you go. Emotional metal. <laughs> um, so we are revisiting a theme this week, and it is maps. Map music, world maps, and I can't, that's just maps. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. I honestly, by the end of choosing tracks for this episode, I still feel like I have plenty to go. Oh, I, say, I, I still have plenty of questions about what this means. I have a lot of questions about what exactly is a map. What do you do with them? <laughs> Why do they exist? It's one of those things in the game that like you just have to complete in order to get 100%. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. If you're, if you're a masochist <laughs> like that. Um, well, Amanda, we've asked you to bring some music because mm-hmm. all of our guests, we put you to work. Um, so if you could, uh, what, what's the first track that you picked? And we'll kick us, kick us off. Well, we started with a real dreary, moody one, because that's that's the music I like. Uh, it is Final Fantasy VI, the World of Ruin map music. Awesome.
Okay, you're listening to World of Ruin from Final Fantasy VI for the Super Nintendo, composed by Nobuo Uematsu. And this is this is a deep, deep track that you picked for us, Amanda. <laughs> deep darkness. I'm not screwing around here. No, obviously, obviously. <laughs> I think it's interesting, too, because, like, I've played this game backwards and forwards, and though I've heard the track... I feel as though it might just be me, but due to the way the world of ruin progresses in the game, you don't get to hear it too much because you spend yeah. a lot of time just being in locations. Then eventually, fairly quickly, you have an airship. It's like, nah, don't need that anymore. But uh, <laughs> it's pretty much. But this is a solid tune, actually. Um, <laughs> what would you say are some things you generally dig about it? Well, it establishes a mood. This is like the third time I've said that now in the past ten minutes. Um, and it just gives you the feeling that your character is possibly feeling being at this point in the game. Mm. This is going to have spoilers. I think that's whatever. Fi- we're fine. The statute of limitations has passed. <laughs> You're free. <laughs> exactly. This game has been out since the 90s. Um, so yeah, you, uh, you know, the whole world crumbled down. It still exists in this very terrible, dark way. And you're lost, and you're trying to find your friends again. And um, it just feels so lonely when you hear it, and um, very trudging. It's like you're trudging along on this map, or it's not really... I guess to the perspective of somebody actually being in the world, it is not walking on a map, but it is walking on a map to the person playing the game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that is what I like about it. It just sort of flows in this kind of rhythmic pulse yeah. pulsing way it well, really sets the mood for the fact that you have to walk off all that rancid fish you ate <laughs> exactly whether or not you let sid live or die <laughs> <laughs> well this has definitely got that uematsu uh, organ going on yeah. i love when the uh, the bells hit that that's like mm-hmm. it's like letting you know that like this is the emotional point of the song it's really good he was getting his Phantom of the Opera on when he came up with this track. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, don't open the door for 20 minutes. I got to get some music in here. <laughs> All right, Pernell, I think this is an odd-numbered episode. Oh. Means you're, the so, odd, you're the odd one. Yeah. I'm the oddball. Yeah, yeah. That's the, <laughs> it's the role I was born to play, baby. Um, the track I chose as my first lead-off would be from the game Thousand Arms, and it is titled The New Continent, and... Well, just listen to it, all right? I ain't going to lead off on it.
Welcome back. You have just engaged a track in regards to a trek to the new continent from the game Thousand Arms, composed by Kazuhito Kikuchi, Daisuke Miyachi, and the Atlas Sound Team, which up until today, I didn't know that existed. But hey, what do you know, right? I know we've had one other one, and it might have been from this game. So <laughs> I actually checked. I don't, unless I missearched, we didn't do a single track from Thousand Arms, which surprises oh. me because... I honestly assume we would have done this one already. That's one of your favorites, right? Oh, I love this tune. And it's from one of my... It's hard to figure out how I peg this game. Like, I wouldn't say I look forward to going back to playing it again, though I do intend to do so before I die. But, uh... I bought it in college, and it was one of the few games I could think of where I was genuinely embarrassed to play it around other people. I didn't want people to know I had it in my (laughs) PlayStation. Um... For those who aren't familiar with the game Thousand Arms, you are a... I can't remember what it's called, but you're basically an equivalent of a soul, a soul blacksmith. But the way you get energy and power to smith your weaponry is by dating and engaging women. Okay. So, and the game does not mince words about, like, basically your dad's a womanizer and you hate him. And the fact that you're supposed to take on this art to smith weapons... So the idea is you'll be playing through the game, and it's actually got a very unique combat system. It's a one-on-one battle, but your teammates are backup, so they do like support moves and skills while your main character is the one that's all the fighting. So they do all the support moves and skills while you're trying to get a date. Is that no, 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 no? That happens later. Let's not jump ship here. You know, during the game you're just you know you're brawling and beating people up, but um, when you get to towns and you have opportunities and you've met different people, you can actually engage people and take them out to dates. Oh, okay. And it becomes a dating sim, and you have to actually give them presents and talk to them and whatever. And the more they like you, the better weapons you can build of their element type. Oh, interesting. So it's a very weird hmm. premise that works, but it was. Su- I'm, at this point in life, I've gotten much more used to it. But back then, I kind of felt weird about having characters like you animals smack. And they had that sort of the face smack animation and sound. So like people walking down the hall can just hear that. There's like, what the heck is that dude doing? And it's like, no, whoa, 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 let's not go nuts. I'm just playing a game. But um, well, this is a, a much more upbeat song than the uh, Final Fantasy VI track. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had to do the balancing act there. Yeah. You know, is, yep. is this um. So is this a little less down your alley, Amanda, or is this um This is this is awesome. I love map music in general because you know, the composer has to keep in mind, you know, sort of like a battle theme. Right. You're going to be hearing this a lot. So they want to do something that's going to sound, you know, not super distracting. Like you got to have something sort of going before it. Basically, the world map music is the bridge between that and the battle music it's no, like you think, go hand in hand yeah, sort i of think thing. so yeah i think that's and right so uh yeah this is this has got a nice feel to it it's kind of upbeat it kind of gives you some hope i don't know it's just i also never played thousand arms but i do remember it so that might count for something but i, I never played it oh i was thinking <laughs> of the cover but i got the image yeah. in my mind was wild arms so that's not it uh yeah that, wild arms has a good cover okay. too <laughs> but i do have to I ask since i since i mentioned it when i was doing this just now can you think of a game that you've played where you were like, crap, like, it's almost like by how I describe Thousand Arms, like, I don't really want a lot of people to know I play it, I just yes. know I like it. Okay. Um, so back, I'm guessing this was like the PS1 days where everyone was trying to release an RPG, 
you know, like there was that that moment, maybe maybe like after FF7, where all these like companies were like, let's make RPGs. <laughs> yes. Game that I played for about 20 minutes, and I said nope. So I don't know if it's the game, but it was called Beyond the Beyond. Oh, that game's terrible. <laughs> I just remember playing that, and I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> okay. Beyond the Beyond. Um, well, I guess it really wasn't a guilty pleasure because I didn't like it. I'm trying to think of any guilty pleasure games out there. Um, well, on the NES, there was a game called uh, Little Ninja Brothers. Hmm. Sort of like RPG. Uh, not very many people have heard of it. And it's this silly RPG that is... I don't know. They they have a lot of stuff that's not very politically correct going on. <laughs> a lot of like, making fun of ethnicities. Oh, jeez. Uh, I don't know. Little things like that. That's all. That, uh, that's all that comes to mind. Um, I don't mind at all people knowing about the guilty pleasure of me loving uh, the GTA series. I love Vice City and I love San Andreas. Those are like my two favorite games. Well, Vice City was really legit, especially because of that OST. Yep. Probably one of the first OSTs I actually bought the full box oh, edition yeah. of with the Michael Jackson tracks and all the a different CD for every radio station. It was freaking awesome. Yep. I love that. Right, well, I'm gonna bring the uh, the mood back down a little bit, just uh, a little, because I want a more. I'm just looking for like moody emotional tracks, or just tracks with a certain um, like that conveyed an emotion. So my second track's very different, but this one is from the game Taiko Rishinden for the Super Famicom, um, and this is a historical RPG that takes place in the Sengoku period of Japan. It's really all I know about it. Set the mood. Yeah. <laughs> but there are four different field maps um, for the different seasons, and this is the fall field map composed by Michiru Oshima. This is called Field Map Fall for the game Taiko Roshinden, or Rishinden, for the Super Famicom, composed by Michiro Ushima. And I was honestly just searching for map themes, and specifically maybe Japanese-only RPGs um, that I just maybe have not um, just discovered or, or really looked through. And I'm also always trying to find tracks that have really interesting time signatures and yes. are just really, really different. I, t I could tell right away with that one. I didn't know what to expect, and 
then the count was kind of weird, so then I sat here for a few seconds trying to figure <laughs> out what it was, and it was in six. But it didn't sound like it was, but it was. And I love that stuff. I, I like stuff that's just a little unpredictable. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it messes with your head <laughs> just just enough, so you're not... Yep. But like, but the, the the little piano in the background is constantly falling, and that, to me, it's like it's like the falling leaves or like rain, and nice. that's and it's constantly like on the same loop. So you think it's like, oh, it's going to be on this four four beat, but it's not. It mm-hmm. keeps kind of jumping up ahead over a little bit. So, but yeah, I think for me, this this really captures that feeling of like being out, being outside, and and, and just leaves falling in the, through the trees. For some reason, it just kept bringing me back to. I'm not sure if, if you guys caught this sound too, but if you play Zelda 3, when you first turn the game on and the title screen is loading up and the Triforce is forming and it goes, dug-a, 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 dug-a. Yeah. I just kept <laughs> yeah. hearing that throughout this song. Dug-a, dug-a, yes, so, that's true. Yeah, it's got that bit of that. Dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. I was enamored by that sound and it just kept it, through the short loop. I was like, yes, it just keeps hitting. That was kind of my favorite part of the Zelda 3 opening anyway, was just that part. Just the Triforce spinning. That was super cool back then. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, the technology that yeah. exists. They can do that? <laughs> can we get my own Super Nintendo instead of mooching off of my brothers? <laughs> so um, I have to ask, like, when you're looking for music to adapt for the band, like, what what are you looking for mostly? Like, What, what, what speaks to you when, when you're doing those arrangements? I need to find music that's good. Like, I don't want to just do... Okay, I know that sounds dumb, but, like, I don't want to cover a game just because it's a popular game, but the music's not good. Yeah. Like, it, it needs to be a good song. And what constitutes as a good song? Something with, like, a memorable melody to it or something that just feels good. Um... Well, I do have to follow that statement up, though, because you said something that just piqued my interest real, really nicely. Uh-huh. Where can you, where could, could you name a game that is popular, but the music just kind of sucks? <laughs> you know what? I thought about that as soon as I said it, and like, what examples are there of that? Um, I guess there's a lot of music from more modern games and I I don't know very much about modern games so I'm not one to talk but it's not very memorable it's not really that music sucks so much as you Um, don't remember how it goes or it's something that doesn't stick out to you yes I've heard that I've heard people talk about that about modern (laughs) for the most part of course this can't be just a blanket statement but for about modern game about modern music composed for modern games that like the melodies and things just aren't as memorable it's very throwaway and i think that what it comes down to with a lot of like the older games like the music was conveying as much of the story as the actual game was and so Mm. it was that much more important that the song had to be memorable um that's the way i see it and that's why i like a lot of the classic uh 16-bit tracks on the show I feel like a yeah. lot of I feel like a lot of games like not, I won't say a lot because I don't know the exact ratio but I feel like a good number of games still can get that hit but by that same token I feel like the more that they kind of go towards like orchestral type tracks or I don't know just tracks for games where they just kind of churn them out like butter like a series <laughs> of like let's say like, just going to fly out say like something like Assassin's Creed where they just churn the games out constantly I'm just calling them out for mm-hmm. now oh, I'll call them out so they, they come see <laughs> if they don't like they can come see me. But um, Assassin's Creed is a prime example where it's like, well, we got this guy in the, in the studio. Look, just throw some loops together, some na-na-na, some zip-zaps, you know, just put it in there. 
people will like it. It'll set the mood. But when they're done the game, they're not going to remember anything they listen to. They'll just move <laughs> yep. on to the next big hit. Um, but some of the RPGs, for example, still have the greats like Motui Sakuraba on them. Yes. So he's still doing the do. Yeah, but wow, like Motui Sakuraba going into... He has like some of the, the, the Nintendo sports games, right? He does almost all of them. That's amazing to me. Like, oh, yeah. I'm glad he does because between... That's like, we're, that's like one of the last bastions for him and Camelot. So mm. I'm content with both. But, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to our, our second track. Sound good? Let's move back into the darkness that Amanda brought onto the show. <laughs> I'm usually a very upbeat, silly person, but I just really like dark, dreary music. No, I, hey, I like shoegaze music, which is can be pretty bloody dark. So it's good. Uh, it's good having perspectives on the show. So, uh, what was the second track that you picked for us? Uh, Legend of Zelda: The Dark World, uh, Link to the Past. Great. Ooh. You're listening to the, uh, the the Dark World theme from the game Zelda: Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo, composed by Koji Kondo, the one and the only. Yes. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a memorable track. To me, this is like marching into into greatness. <laughs> very uh, yeah. very uplifting. So, um, uh, what was uh, what was your thoughts on this one? Oh, uh, you guys actually jogged my memory a little bit. Um, so. Well, first of all, the uh, the reason why I like the song is that, uh, again, you enter in another world. There's these games that have two worlds to them. Uh, and it's just sort of like a mirror image of the light world, but a little, a little bit more messed up. Like, there's trees that talk to you. Um, stuff isn't quite laid out the same, but it kind of is. Um... And it's just a little creepy. And so you have the song that uh, is, well, it's an upbeat song, but it also feels just a little moody, I guess. I keep using that word, but. It's a good word. No, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. The, the second part of the song, which I love it when, like, especially 16 bit tracks don't just continue with the same loop. They have, like, a second mm-hmm. part to it. And that second part is a little, a little more moody. It's like, yeah. think you're, things are looking up, but, you know, stay on guard. So, uh, you all actually, uh, Purnell said something about, oh, this song should have lyrics or something like that. Yeah, yeah, very lyrical. Well, 
Um, I had this idea for it, and I don't know if this is... I'm not sure if this is going to be a Descendants of Erdrick thing, or if I'm going to release this just as a solo artist, um, but I really do want to do something like that with this song, because uh, another spoiler alert, I guess, uh, there is a moment where there is a boy who's the flute player boy. You see him in the dark world. He is some sort of a weird animal or creature, and then he eventually turns into a tree, and it's super creepy. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I saw that, and I'm like, what just happened? This is so scary. And so he kind of like, I guess, dies and turns into a tree, and um, I thought that would be a cool uh, song <laughs> to write about the boy who turns into a tree. Yeah, so this this might be a Descendants of Erdrick thing, or it might be one of my songs. Oh. I'm not quite clear yet. I can that, see but, that, though. That, yeah. That's really cool. That's a cool idea. I found yeah. this thing both dark and sad when I first saw it, because yes. I, I never really understood why he turned into a tree. Like he was, yeah, I think he I was know. cursed the whole time. He's like, I'm going to play this song. I'm feeling kind of tired. And he just turned into a tree. It's like, yeah. you, just, you get an ocarina from the guy, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm just dead now. Just... So, one thing I tried as a kid was, I was like, I don't want that to happen, so I'm just never going to go back and play the ocarina. I'm just going to get the ocarina and then never go. <laughs> and then, oh. eventually I did go back to check on him, and he also, like, he turned into a tree either way. Oh. So, like, he always turns into a tree. So, yeah, that's that's really creepy. So Th That was creepy and sad. So now what that means <laughs> is you come to realize that by going back and playing the ocarina form, you give him his last. You give him his last rights. So that is the advice to the gamer: go and play the ocarina yeah. because it at least gives him some sort of joy before he inevitably turns into a tree. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, man. Awesome. Uh, One yeah. thought I also had too was you commented earlier about how you liked how it went from like like had like two worlds to it. Mm -hmm. I've always kind of felt that a link to the past was the beginning of that entire trend. I can't think of any games before that that had a parallel world concept to it. Uh, Castlevania 2. No, that was just that, night and day, though. That was just uh, time of day. But nighttime had zombies. <laughs> <laughs> there was, uh... <laughs> That's true. You got me there! <laughs> <laughs> Awful. There is, uh, well, I'm I'm a big Dragon Warrior fan, and that's where the name of the band comes from. And uh, Dragon Warrior 3 for the NES does have another world that you go to. It's not parallel or anything like that, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to come up with stuff at the top of my head that are like, oh, I wonder if that happened before Link to the Past. But I agree, Link to the Past was like a huge game and very, uh, very influential. And so I could definitely see that. And Dragon Warrior 3 is my favorite game to get put to the washing machine. I love it so much. <laughs> yep. But no. Alright, so my next track is actually, I don't think, it's kind of more, I'm not sure if it was a coincidence in relation to the fact that you're on the show, or the fact that, I don't know, I just like the games. Yeah, you But do. Um, the track that I'm going to choose is from the game Lunar 2, and yes. the track is called Field to Tomorrow by Noriyuki Iwadare.
Welcome back. You are listening to the track Field to Tomorrow from the game Lunar 2 Eternal Blue from the Sega CD. Written and composed by Noriyuki Iwadare, an awesome composer on all levels. Oh yeah, we've yeah, we played a lot of his music from uh, uh, Ace Attorney. You, you did some you did some work on Ace Attorney? Yeah. Did he? Yep. I love how that happened. It comes up. It was probably from a track that I chose, and yeah, I don't even remember. Ab- it. Absolutely, a few of them. <laughs> My brain, <laughs> my old man brain. Uh, that's all right. But no, this is great. I love how sweeping everything kind of comes in and out, and then when that that harp comes in, it's just really, really cool. It's a very peaceful world traversal track. And even though it may not be when it happens in the game, again, it's been years since I've played this. My memory of this is that it kicks in. It's the second world map track. And to my recollection, it happens after the event where... My turn to spoil things, Amanda. (laughs) It happens after the point where one of your characters named Jean, who's originally you meet her, she's like a carnival dancer. Apparently she I can't remember the specifics behind her, but I know she was involved in like an actual like martial arts society, but she kind of ran away from it and didn't engage it as she was supposed to. But then she decides that she, it was time to actually complete her training and become a blue dragon fist master. And simultaneously, as you're doing that, you also pretty much have to fight probably the most annoying and most difficult boss in the game named Borgen. He's a jerk. And if I could swear on the show, I'd be throwing him all over the place right now. <laughs> but once you do take him out and you ask he, yes, he acquire your, you know, your actual new persona of Gene, the Blue Dragon Master, you eventually, you know, you go back out to the world map, and now you have this sweeping, calming track that almost inspires a sense of peace and a desire to press forward into the unknown. Because even though you may not know what's ahead. Yeah, you're more than that piece and ready to take on that trip. It has a, it has a nice loop to it, um, where it loops right back onto that kind of slow, or that that quieter percussion with the wood block, and so it never it it it, it, it builds, but it never it gives you like a finish. It's always like kind of it's, it's like a wave, and the I really I really enjoy that. Is this is this one of those tracks that you would just like leave on and just just to listen to? This is the track. <laughs> this is the kind of music you do your dishes to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've, we've, we've talked about that kind of thing. Uh, do you have any um, uh, experiences like that where you just like the music so much you just left, left the game on? Yeah, oh, jeez. Um, I don't have any specific memories of doing that, but... Um, oh, wait, yeah. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Nice. <laughs> Was it long painting? Uh, oh, gosh. I, I love that one. I also, well, they're all good, really. But yeah, <laughs> really Lost Painting cool. is great. Um, I love that underground oh, yeah, caverns yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all really good stuff. Yeah, that's um, definitely a favorite. And of also ours. for uh, for Lunar Two, I have not played that game since like two thousand one or two thousand two. So I barely remember any of the songs from it. And that song, like brought up all this nostalgia for me because I, I had not heard that since like 2002 <laughs> <laughs> so yes thank you for choosing that one it all comes from rushing back when the music yeah. strikes it's like it's just kind of latent yeah yeah the, the it, sometimes it's just the sound of it too the um like, like the sound from the old hardware or like those instruments mm-hmm. like you know those instruments Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Iwadari definitely has a voice to it. Although with with the strings, it does have that kind of um, Symphony of the Night sound going on. 
A little bit. A little, a bit. little bit. Yeah, I can hear that. All right. Um, so this is going to be a little different. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. This is from the Sega Genesis, which is one of the few games that used the weird light gun thing. Uh, the, I forget, the Menacer, whatever Yeah, it was it. a Menacer. It had some really tough name to it. Um, and it also used the mouse. Was, Genesis had a mouse? Apparently <laughs> it did. Maybe it was a Mega Drive only thing. See, but. Amanda, this is the thing. Rob is really good at fighting these crazy games. <laughs> I didn't even know half this stuff well, existed. I did not know the Genesis had a mouse. Yeah. So I learned that today. So this is a game called <laughs> Body Count. It's like a, it's like a rails, okay. it's like a rail shooter, like like along the lines of like Terminator in the arcade. Um, and this is the map screen. So I'm assuming this is like you look at the map before you start the game. And it's composed by Steve Collette. Uh, this short little one, short little number, is the world map from the game Body Count for the Sega Genesis, composed by Steve Collette. And um, I, I picked this because when I first heard it, I kept expecting like a singer or like a saxophone or some kind of like like 80s like synth pop like lead come in after this, but nothing ever did. And I just, I, I can just listen to this thing all day long. I think it's amazing that you do. I think you have officially won shortest loop in the Red Pixel <laughs> series yeah. of tr- selected tracks. But this is an awesome tune. Isn't I, it cool? It does, it does everything it needs to do, and it's just, it, it gives you like this really cool, funky, funky little beat with it. I was actually getting this weird thought when you described the game. Like you said, it uses the both the gun and the mouse. Yes. And I just kind of <laughs> pictured this game. Like, what would you do with the mouse in this game? I was like. They're trying to teach kids that gun violence is annoying and frustrating by making <laughs> you have to shoot all the enemies with the gun, but then use the actual mouse to pick up the bodies and move them off the screen because you can't just have bodies cluttering the uh, cluttering the field like this. It's messy. It's like that old uh, Windows game Fly Swatter, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's oh, like yes. you shoot the guy and you got to collect him. Like, get out of there. <laughs> get over to the morgue. It was like, it's just a... God, it's just a weird idea. Like, how does that? Work? I guess that's probably. I guess the real reason the mouse is probably there is probably like if you don't have the gun, you can just click guys yeah. and take them out. Well, this um, this soundtrack and this song specifically is like one of like it's it, it kind of shows off like what I really love about the the Sega Genesis sound, which is that it, it can actually achieve that really deep low bass along with like some of like the higher like hats and samples, and then of course like the yeah, the really clean synth sounds. You just you just don't get that on the Super Nintendo without having like the actual. Um, Yamaha synth in the machine. <laughs> really cool. Um, do you have any um, any Genesis memories at all? I never had a Genesis. Yeah. So I was a Nintendo kid, I guess. And of course, there was the rivalry back then. Yes, there was. You know, Nintendo Power taught me that. But <laughs> it's funny, like looking back on it, like the kids were picking a side, but really it was just like. You know, like my family, like we're gonna afford one system. So you yeah, it- exactly. So we didn't have a Sega Genesis, yeah. Yeah, we- and of the two, I'm kind of glad that I was, you know, into Super Nintendo yeah. because 
I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of good Sega Genesis games out there, but I am just happy that I had Final Fantasy and Zelda yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, if you liked RPGs, that's the, the Super Nintendo yeah. is definitely there. We did a whole Genesis RPG episode, and it wasn't very long. <laughs> yeah, there weren't a lot of Genesis RPGs, which was actually very sad. Yeah, there's some great ones and amazing music. Uh, but mm-hmm. I always believed, to be honest with you, that you know it doesn't really fly so much in today's society, though. People still freaking do it beyond reasons beyond my understanding. But back in the day, I feel like the rivalry between the systems and developers, or not developers system manufacturers Nintendo and Sega was because it's like you said you only could afford one system right so yeah. you chose if you happen to choose a Genesis and that was all you had in your household it had to be sold to other people as the best system you couldn't accept <laughs> that you had the inferior console so when five kids are in the lunchroom talking about how awesome their Super Nintendo is with their <laughs> Mario worlds and their Final Fight 2s you just have to walk up there and say you know what that's nothing compared to my copy of the ooze and you just have to accept <laughs> that and of course that didn't fly so much so eventually that resulted in kids outside with switch blaze at high noon of and course it yeah. got rowdy yeah, your school was a little tougher than mine but... yeah we got brutal <laughs> <laughs> but like so you're playing your turbo graphics 16 like what do you have like a sledgehammer swinging around oh god i was so happy <laughs> to have that darn thing I'm like yeah the true <laughs> superior system has arrived plebes get out of here <laughs> I love the turbo graphics and nobody at school knew what the heck I was talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, even though this was a short track, I think it's time that we uh, we turn the original tracks down and we get into the part of the show we like to call the bonus round. On the road to the bonus round. <laughs> the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on today's theme. And um, we also like to just play music from our musical guests. So, Amanda, you brought some fantastic tracks. Is that right? Well, um, the uh, the song that I gave you guys, of course, has to be like seven minutes long. But <laughs> it, it is a Final Fantasy VI War of the Magitech. And it is found on uh, Descendants of Erdrich's album Advent. Great.
that. Okay, this is just me and Pernell in the room, and we're like freaking out. That so, was a metric ton of insane awesomeness. I can't imagine what uh, your audiences well, are doing after that. Thank you. <laughs> I do all of the arranging on that. So, well, all of our material. The uh, the band um, had a different sound and different members um, from like 2010 through 2012. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I took the reins and uh, put together all of the arrangements and, and stuff to sound a certain way. And I'm going for just impact. Like, you need to feel stuff. And I want the songs to flow in such a way where they make sense. Like, that is basically what happens in the beginning of the game. You turn on the game, intro, Tara's theme, Narsh, and then battle with the snail. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Well, mission a freaking yeah. accomplished. Well, you're, Thank you. it's above and beyond like a medley. Everything like you have the themes like flowing in and yes. out of each other. It's just that great. Is... And even oh, like I, I appreciate that you notice that stuff. No, we 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 dig it. This is this this is our jam. This is totally our All jam. Right. And then when you went with the singing part, that's Pernell's jam. Yeah. And I gotta <laughs> say, I mentioned it off off script, but. Her vocals, I had to outright say, like, is that you? And she's like, <laughs> yes. yes. It just it just gives that sense of how powerful the human voice can be. Because, like, we're talking right now, and your voice is perfectly awesome. But it's like how I talk right now. And I'm like, hey, pardon me. But no, no, no. It's like, okay, pardon time to say, no. It's like all of a sudden, it's like, it's like a whole other person. And, yeah. oh, my God, that was, that was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. That was... Well, that was one of the ones where I, I didn't know what to do there, and I thought, well, I mean, well let me write some lyrics. <laughs> and so <laughs> that little specific area has vocals in it, and it just felt right to do it. So well, it's, it sounds right. That's it's, why. It sounds like it's just perfect for it. I, I find that a lot of um, video game tracks do sound lyrical <laughs> in that way. You're just you're expecting something to happen, <laughs> um, and you put it there. So we, we, we like that. We like that very well, much. Thank you. Thank I you. really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So let's, um, we have other tracks to play. Pernell, cool. you well, wanna... let, me, let me wipe the tears away from my eyes first. You know, <laughs> I got I to gotta my, get my composure back. Okay. <clears throat> Found it. Okay. So I have a pretty much of a, a favorite track out there too. And I wanted to play the original track, but then while going to look for it, surprisingly, I found this one before that. And it was so good that I was like, scrap the original. I'm putting this on the show instead. So thank you to Gross Pixels, who composed this track, for giving this under, under, underappreciated title some much-needed love. The track is the field theme, and it's a cover of that track from the game Revelations, the Demon Slayer, for the Game Boy Color. Re-edited and mixed by Gross Pixels. So hope you guys dig it.
that. There you go. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> let, you gotta let that drum lead out go, man. You can't just disrupt it. It offsets everything. But you just listened to the field theme being covered from the game Revelations of Demon Slayer by the band Gross Pixels. They are a French band composed of three members whose names I'm going to do a terrible job of trying to pronounce. But here do we it, go. Do it. Do it. Laurent Rochiral, Olivier Laurent, and Jean Christian Verdes. So this was – oh, I love it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, to give you an idea how much I like this track from the game itself is that – um. When I went looking for tracks last night to wrap up my final picks, I always kind of like narrow it down on the last night before the show. I went and got the I first listened to it on the actual on like on YouTube and like on like on like different stream sites or whatever. And then I went and got the game out of the box that I had upstairs in the closet. Oh, it inspired you to go back to it. Yeah, broke out the Game Boy Advance SP, jammed it in there, Game Boy Color game, but I don't really I'd rather play an SP at this point. And I just played around with it for about 45 minutes, hmm. then let the track from the field play without interruption for a solid hour while I just did crap around the house. Um, I love this tune very much, and it's bizarre that it came from originally a Game Gear game and then eventually got ported to the Game Boy Color. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, it was originally called Last Bible. I have on the heard game of gear. that. I have heard of that one. Mm-hmm. I've heard of the music of that one too. So that that's that makes sense to me that the music is popular. Yeah, this is yeah. awesome. So these guys came in and said, you know, you know, it's not getting enough love. Last freaking Bible, <laughs> <laughs> and they bust, they broke it down for us a little bit. So, what did you guys think of this track? I loved it. I, I've never heard of the game. I've never heard the original song. But if it came from Game Boy Color and it's that obscure, then I, you know, I think that. Uh, this band did a fantastic song, especially for a Game Boy Color song, <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, turning it into like kind of a longer, like it wasn't like a jam type thing, but like the, the mm-hmm. middle section certainly was. <laughs> yeah, it was like... Yeah. Man, man, man. It was so good. Well, I'm, I'm going to bring things back into the known territory. This is from Chrono Cross, <laughs> and this is The Dream of the Shore Near Another World. Um, which we played the original of, and we've played a few other versions of this song. Uh, but this one's arranged for guitar by Gabe Rodriguez and Seda Baikara.
That was Dream of the Shore Near Another World from the game Chrono Cross. And this was played by Gabe Rodriguez and Seda Baikara. And that is one of my favorite uh, video game tunes all time. Just all time. It's just the, 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 you're, you're awakened to this whole parallel world. And then you see the map for the first time, and it's similar but different. And it plays this music, and it's just it's beautiful. I love it. And every I've heard so many versions of the song, and it's just it's just beautiful. And I love then it. you decide that this is so good that you don't even want to go back home. What's yeah. the point? Yeah, I don't want to go back home. <laughs> You've clearly found the superior world. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. great. Um, but that track it put me into like a bit of a lull state. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to snap out of it. Yeah, I'm a fan of the uh, the very chill atmospheric uh, tracks. Well, it's um, definitely a positive transition. Just, yeah. I could take a nap to that and feel good about it. <laughs> well, for more information on the tracks in the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to the bios, uh, SoundClouds, Bandcamps, and everywhere else you can buy this music and support the artists. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on episode 10-1 of Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. This is our second look at uh, map and world map music for video games. And, and there will be more. <laughs> there will be more. There's lots of it. And um, thank you, special, special thank you to Amanda for joining us on the show. Amanda from Descendants of Eldrick. Erdrick. Erdrick. Eldrick. Oh, my gosh. We had that chat earlier where, where, where Amanda goes, I can't think of any other way a person would pronounce that. Found it! Uh, I could just say <laughs> that. Well, yeah. in his defense, aren't L's and R's the same in Japanese? <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah. I just have a speech impediment. <laughs> uh, my L and my R are mixed up on my keyboard. I can, I can do this all day. But um, yeah, thanks for thanks for taking the time and uh, and doing the show with us. It's been a, it's been a, a lot of fun. It's great having um, a musician's perspective on the music as well. Well, yeah, you're welcome, and, and thank you for you know choosing me to do this. I, I had a lot of fun. Great. <laughs> um, for our listeners, where could they find your music, and maybe like where you're playing next? Okay, well, let's see. Uh, Descendants of Erdrick is my video game tribute band. Uh, we have our Bandcamp and website. Uh, that's descendants of Erdrick, E-R-D-R-I-C-K dot Bandcamp dot com. I also do original music. I've been writing original music and performing since I was a teenager. Uh, and that is Amanda Laprie. So it's Amanda Laprie dot Bandcamp dot com. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I will actually be on a fairly large tour here at the end of the year uh, playing guitar uh, with Andrew W.K. Wow. I'm his guitar player. Nice. So. <laughs> Joining the party party. I love it. Yep. <laughs> uh, party party. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty excited about that. That's that's giant level touring right there. Like yeah. total level up touring <laughs> i imagine like the, the preparation to play with andrew wk is beyond just practicing yeah, your instrument I've been practicing, like every day just yeah. a lot <laughs> not just that sure. but you gotta you gotta upgrade you gotta boost that party level yeah, to exponential well, levels just to get ready 
I'm I'm uh I'm, I'm pretty animated on stage anyway, so uh, we'll see if I can do that night after night after night. Oh man, <laughs> something tells me that you've got it under control. <laughs> well, thank you guys. I I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. It's awesome. It was awesome chatting with you. And like Rob said. You definitely are good at filling the do as far as like music composure and ideology, ideology behind like selections and whatnot. As versus like where mm. I'm just like, hey, there's the part where the guy jumps, it's like <laughs> boing, and you know, like it brings a nice, it brings a nice change of face to the show. Yeah, Pernell and I have been good friends for a long amount of time, but doing the show, we realized that I am definitely have more interest and more knowledge about music and he's definitely the video game guy because <laughs> yeah. my my knowledge of games stopped right around 1998 <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway for our listeners if you'd like to get in contact with us if you have any um, topic ideas or just want to say hi um, send us an email rhythm and pixels at hotmail.com and for more information about the show and a full track listing of the episode go to the website rhythm and pixels and you can also find us on social media, Facebook, um, YouTube, and Instagram, all those places as Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Um, and if you like the show and you want to help support us, uh, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. It's, it's always helpful. And we also want to thank our Patreon subscribers. They are Alex the Messenger, Chris Murray, Michael Bridgewater from Forever Sound Version, another video game music podcast, Brian Pitt, and welcoming David Smith. Thank you all. You are helping make this all possible. Um, that is all I have left in the show notes. Um, just one more huge thank you to Amanda and good luck with uh, with your tour with Sir WK. Yes, thank you. <laughs> right. Um, this is Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And genuinely have a great week. And remember... Well, maybe not all of you listening to the show, but a lot of you may be on the same age level as, you know, Rob and I over here getting up there. And you might be thinking to yourselves, well, how much of the world have I actually been able to see over the last couple of years of my life? Well, the entirety of my life. Some of us are worldly. Some of us, maybe not so much. But what's important is that you do expand your horizons to the best of your ability, whether it be culturally, geographically cuisine-like, in a cuisine-ish <laughs> manner, whatever, words I'm making up. But the point is, you need to expand your horizons as best you can. Try to plan out in advance. Make a make a plan to actually see and do more things because I'm going to tell you, if you keep saying, I will someday, I will someday, someday will be here long gone and you'll mm. be wishing you did it. So That's right. get it done while you can. Just enjoy the world we have. <laughs>